Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Movie Mastery in theaters now. It's our special spooktacular Halloween. It's, uh, I mean, technically we didn't really go see much of a horror movie. Hey, we put it on the big board anyway. We let you vote on it, and took you, a voted, risk. you we, voted for Shin Godzilla. I didn't know what it was going to be. I had no idea when I put it on. I was like, oh, it's a Godzilla movie, and all the previews I've seen of it are like, uh, well, you know, it's Godzilla. You figure that's a monster movie. It's close enough. Yeah, it's close. And uh, it kind of wasn't. No, no, it is not <laughs> what we expected in the slightest. So, uh, yeah, we will give you first, we're just going to give you our impressions real quick. Uh, this is a difficult one to actually go see. It's very limited engagement, but still, if you were looking to go see it, I'm sure you can. Uh, I'm sure. By the way, I'm Jeff. Ah, fuck you. I don't care who you are. And he's John. Ah, uh, don't let him know. Yeah, you forgot. Uh, to, I'm going I'm to help you. Now they're going to stalk me. Give you this one. They're going to Google John and then find me. <laughs> yeah, John is one of those rare names. Yeah, it's super rare. They're going to be like, ooh. They're probably going to Google it with an H in it. I know, jerks. <laughs> hey, that's going to help you out. That'll help you hide because your name doesn't have an H. Oh, no, I've said too much. No. Uh, maybe your name has like three N's and an apostrophe. Maybe you're a Martian. Yeah, maybe I am Jean. <laughs> Jean, yeah. No, Jacob Jingleheimer Schmidt. <laughs> he is a Martian, too. <laughs> Whatever, he goes out. He's always in a metamorphosis. And <laughs> Until there's fire, then he gets scared and falls down. <laughs> so <the>? Godzilla. <laughs> right, Godzilla, not a Martian. Yeah. Uh, so uh, Spoiler-free yeah. review of, of Shin Gojira. Here we go. No, it is Shin Godzilla, son. Because well, we saw the American version. No, it doesn't matter. It's Shin Godzilla or Godzilla Resurgence, and that's even a part of the movie. Oh, no, I know it is. I know it is. So, but anyway, without giving away any spoilers or anything, let's talk about Shin Godzilla. All right. So, uh, just basic for me, the uh, the whole overview for this is it was kind of it's kind of all over the place for me because like it wasn't really like it wasn't a bad movie, but it was kind of boring for me. I kind of didn't care. It was a lot of. A lot of Japanese, uh, like, government stuff. Yeah, yeah. So, and I, I know, I know going into a Godzilla movie that that's basically what you're going to get. And I'm not going to be the one to point out that every Godzilla movie ever has been people arguing in a military office. No, definitely not. That is not a thing you will point out. No, nor will I point out that the only thing separating this movie from most Godzilla movies is that it didn't also have a little boy in short pants who learns to communicate with a different monster. Yes, that is true. You will not say that. No, I won't. I won't say that. <laughs> I also won't say I'm in love. <laughs> Too late, no way. <laughs> Man, I'm picking up your drops even when they're from the Hercules movie. Man. Disney's Hercules. Disney's Hercules is amazing. It, well, it is an unsung hero of a movie. No, the movie's terrible. The three or, three or four of the songs in the movie are fantastic. Dude, it has James motherfucking Woods as Hades, okay, and that's amazing. That's also great. Yes, I'm not going to disagree with that. I'm also not going to disagree with the fact that I watch that movie like weekly and cry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But let's see. Uh, I Won't Say I'm In Love, awesome song. Yeah. Zero great. to Hero, fine song. Yeah, go the distance. Amazing, amazing song. It is. It's mostly a showcase for great songs. Yeah, the movie itself is. I remember when I watched it, I was a pedantic like thirteen year old or something because I remember being super angry when I came out of the theater, going like, "None of that happened the way it did in Dolaire's Book of Greek Myths." 
<laughs> Why'd they give Orion's kills to friggin' Hercules? Or should I say Heracles? I probably should. And that was me a long time ago. Now now I'm like, <laughs> That's man. That's what I sounded like. I'm like, man, this movie did it. had a great idea by putting in like a Greek chorus. That's 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 a hilarious pun that was also rad singing. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so, okay, my opinion of Shin Godzilla. Uh, no rad songs in Shin Godzilla. No rad songs, uh, although there was one song that sounded like it was going to be a rad song, but then ended up not being one. There was something that sounded like the intro to a Rolling Stone song in the middle of this. It turned out to just be score. There kept being moments where I was like, man, this really sounds like there was one that sounded like a Van Halen song was about to start. Yeah, there was that, too. I remember that. And I was like, oh, yeah, this is, how are they even doing this? And then it just didn't. I went, aw. Aw, damn it. So here's my general spoiler-free review. This movie cannot be spoiled. Uh, a bunch of people talk in an office building, and then in a different office building. Godzilla's in the movie for a couple of minutes, and then the humans come up with a plan to defeat him that looks like it won't work, and then it does. None of these things are spoilers because this is a Godzilla movie. Uh, uh, uh. The one thing about this movie that sets it apart from other Godzilla films, uh, you know, in the past... Actually, you got to break it down by year. The thing that sets this apart from the Godzilla movie, the first one ever is that the uh, the allegory is different. They've switched what Godzilla represents. Well, yeah, but we, I mean, we'll get it. We'll get that. into that. It, what separates it from every movie between then and now is that Godzilla doesn't fight a comical array of doofy monsters. No. Uh, I mean, not really a spoiler, but, man, there's just nothing for him to do in this movie. <laughs> no, it, it will come up what, during the review what there is for him to do, because they say it twice, and it's hilarious. Yeah, no, Godzilla's just, man, he is wasted in this movie. It's just, you know, for all the people complaining about the American Godzilla recently, where they're like, well, Godzilla's only in the movie for like eight minutes, he just, and they keep focusing on the ra the wrong characters. You should check this one out. <laughs> yeah, just check it out. You'll love it. Uh, so, yeah, uh, you know, generally for me, I'd say not a huge fan. It wasn't terrible, but not huge into it. I went in with the right expectations, and I came out liking this movie. I, I would recommend you go see it for reals. Maybe not in theaters. I feel like there's only a couple of shots in this entire movie. We need a two-hour movie. Uh, there's that only, would like, require a theater. Yeah, that, that are better with a theater. There's like maybe, I can think of three shots off the top of my head that I really legitimately loved and liked that I saw them on a big screen. But the rest of it's just office talk, so you can skip. You don't need it. Yeah. So, anyway. Right. So, yeah, we'll be right back, and we will have so many spoilers Oh, man, are you going to find out who talked in what building about what thing in the government? <laughs> we'll be right back right after this. back we are right back and we have opinions we have so many opinions about godzilla well not gojira <laughs> godzilla let's start by talking about what separates this movie from the like 1951 or 52 what original separates it from the boys <laughs> i don't know it's always riding in cars with those boys <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then it turns them to men Right, but before that, they sp he spent some time hanging out with them and playing on a piano because they're the fabulous Baker Boys and Godzilla. Yeah, also, they are definitely in the hood. Also, they don't cry. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm done. <laughs> I've got enough movies that have boy in the title. I think I'm all set. Good, grats. <laughs> okay, so, uh, so Godzilla Resurgence 
or Shin Godzilla. I feel like that second name is a way more apt name for the movie, the Shin Godzilla. Mm. Because when you first hear it, you're like, oh, it's a movie about the ultimate Godzilla. Because, you know, that means true Godzilla. Yeah. Like, uh, like for reals Godzilla, which is like, oh, it's going to be so good. It's going to be all action-packed, and finally he's going to be, like, eating people, and it's going to be way more bloody and cool. What it actually means is this is the way the world would actually react to Godzilla. Well, also it's this is the true Godzilla in that it's this is the Japanese one and the way that it would be made there well, not rather just, than the American version of a but, Godzilla movie. Well, I mean, there's that. There's there's sort of a reaction to American Godzilla films. Yes. For sure. But the the true Godzilla title really plays out with the whole with, with the way the movie works, which is Godzilla shows up and what happens? Oh, the uh, the entire city goes into gridlock and there's a million meetings. Yeah. And no uh, one knows what to do. There's a bunch of press uh, meetings and they've got to go ahead and tell people things and then ask the prime minister if they're okay to do stuff and then it goes to like a subcommittee. Yeah, it's just endless committee meetings and so on because no one really, there's no one out there who, right now who is in charge of Godzilla related events. No, there is nobody who's like, oh yeah, no, let's uh, open up the file on what to do when a giant monster attacks. That'd be an interesting little box to have in your Pandemic Legacy game, by the way. Oh, yeah. Well, you'd, you'd do that for the uh, the Cthulhu one. Oh, that's true. Yeah, I, I almost bought that a couple of days ago, <laughs> the, the, the Cthulhu Pandemic. I, I didn't because it's not a Legacy game, and I've actually really been enjoying the whole Legacy content thing. Oh, yeah, that's great. I love that. So I'm not sure I would care as much about a non-Legacy Pandemic, which is what stopped <laughs> me. They'll have to come out with Cthulhu Pandemic Legacy before I'll, I'll get on board. Yeah, then, then finally, on board. Yeah, but even then, I'm still kind of like, ah, I don't really care about Cthulhu that much. That's true. That's going to hurt my plans. <laughs> so, okay, uh, the first thing we should talk about is, is uh, what this plays in the role of the legacy of Godzilla movies. Yeah. Now, you know, when Godzilla first came out, of course... Very much a uh, playing off of the atomic bomb and the devastation of that, and and I've read it in I've read it in two ways. Where there are people who say that the Godzilla represents the atomic bomb, and then it's the sort of the will the, of the atomic devastation and unstoppable force. Yes, and that it's it represents an outside aggressor influence on Japan, and then it's all about how Japan manages to rise up to defeat Godzilla. And although in the first Godzilla movie, they really don't. They just eventually it, it just leaves eventually. Yeah, but, which uh, is really more about, like, America is, what happened? Oh, this came up and fucked Japan shit up and then just left. Right. I've read a second series of allegories about the first uh, Godzilla movie that it's that Godzilla represents Japan's own kind of negative self-impulse. That, that it's a movie in which uh, the filmmaker accuses Japan of blaming themselves for nuclear... Uh, what I'm sorry for nuclear attack. They were like, "Well, we brought this on ourselves. We brought this monster upon us." Yeah. Which is, for example, why Godzilla is stomping all over Tokyo instead of New York. Exactly. Uh, so there's two ways to look at it, but bo either way, it's still Godzilla represents nuclear war. Yes. He's he's a he's a giant nuclear, unstoppable, inhuman, pervasive threat that there's no answer to, and that's the first movie. Maybe I believe the second movie as well. Yeah. When it first started, Godzilla was much more like just a insane force of nature that you tried to deal with and the only way that you could deal with it is by letting it run its course and then leave yes now after that godzilla turned into a you know sensation like a mascot costume and so for 50 years godzilla stomped around and fought other uh, goofy looking rubber monsters and he had a kid and Sp monsters or aliens from space taught us how to control him or to build a giant robot that can dance with him oh yeah no it was just like 
oh, well, we had this cool idea, and now let's just milk that motherfucker for all it is worth. To the point where you've got Godzilla hanging out with his son, Manila, which is impossible to say right. I- I'm glad his name is probably not Manila in, in you know, Japan. <laughs> but here it sounds like Godzilla's son is the capital of the Philippines. Yeah, definitely. Because you- no one ever pronounces it Minila, like you'd have to. Yes. Uh he has, and then you know he fights like Mothra and Rodan and Ghidra, Gigan and Mechagodzilla and and uh, King Caesar and Jet <laughs> Jaguar. Well, I'm not joking. King Caesar is some three headed dragon nonsense. I, I know, but then I just started. I don't know why King Caesar made me think. Man, that really sounds like a ska band. And then I just had Godzilla versus a list of ska bands in my head. <laughs> Godzilla versus real big fish. <laughs> yeah, right. Godzilla versus the hippos. <laughs> I could do this forever. Yeah. The only one that would be interesting to watch, though, would be Godzilla versus the Aquabats. Obviously. I mean, I would watch I, I would watch that happening on stage at an Aquabat show. I would. I would watch that right now. You'd I would expect watch that, that to instead happen. of doing this. They'd, they'd summon giant robot bird head, and it would deliver <laughs> a megaton punch. That's what would happen. <laughs> so anyway, that happened for years. And then there was an attempt to make Godzilla serious and scary. Which is probably what the two thousand four two thousand eight American Godzilla was. Well, yeah, when the Matthew Broderick, yeah, one. when America was like, well, we're gonna make Godzilla and we're gonna make him like a scary threat. We're gonna make him using all CGI, so he actually looks like he's there instead of looking like a guy in a rubber monster suit smashing over cardboard buildings. Yeah, and then they just <laughs> they just fucked that right on up. Man, they took every precaution about how to make a proper Godzilla movie, and then. Day one of filming, they just shit their pants and just <laughs> just stuck with it. like Just smeared oh. their feces right from their pants onto the screen. Someone looked at that director, which was, uh, what's his face? The guy who all... Uh, you, Roland Emmerich. Thank you. Roland Emmerich. Disaster movie guy. And they were like, man, did you mean to shit your pants like day one? Was that your plan? And he's like, uh, yeah. Obviously. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a visionary. More more jokes about parades in New York. Uh, let's, <laughs> let's name the mayor after Roger Ebert so I can be mean to the mayor. Uh, uh, more New York jokes again. Uh, let's make it so Godzilla can't catch a Jeep. Yeah. Well, they were like, oh, look, we just, we did that scene from Jurassic Park. You like Jurassic Park, right? Remember that from 10 years ago? You like that? You want to see some raptors too? Here's some raptors. Yep. I was like, man, why did you turn Godzilla into Jurassic Park and terrible? So anyway, that turned Godzilla into an arms race where the Japanese responded by putting out a movie where their rubber monster Godzilla kicks a rubber monster version of the American Godzilla's ass. Yes. Uh, Just beats the ever-loving shit out of him along with a whole bunch of other monsters. That's Godzilla 2000. And is amazing. It is the best Godzilla movie still. (laughs) Forever. (laughs) I don't know if it'll ever be. Although... Just reading the IMDb description of what happens in the next Japanese Godzilla movie, Final Wars, is... <laughs> it makes me want to watch it. It is a mindfuck. I, I, I really want to sit down and watch that movie. Because apparently it's all about how humans are superheroes now, and God's, there's a point where a boy and his grandfather find a baby Godzilla and a different monster. Well, of course, because a boy and his grandfather is what you need in a Godzilla movie. I know. It's like Godzilla is basically... It, it, you, there's so many Godzilla movies who are reliant on a little boy in short pants and his charming yet amiable grandfather that I feel like we never learned this about him, but Roald Dahl secretly moonlight lit during the 50s and wrote all the Godzilla movies. Uh, uh. He was like, oh, I hate children so much, and yet I'm confined but to hell of writing about them, and so I'll make them fight giant monsters. Yeah, that was it. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then we had our most recent American Godzilla, the the one with Brian Cranston in it for two minutes and Godzilla for eight minutes. Yeah. Which, the- I 
I enjoyed. Uh, me too. I think it was. It had some really interesting stuff. Uh, it, the it, way it used Godzilla, I enjoyed. The uh, the focus on humans is always going to be the thing in Godzilla movies. Yeah, that, so the it's fact too that expensive. everyone was just super pissed off about like, oh, not enough Godzilla. I was like, you're dumb and you don't know what you're talking about. Well, it, there could have been more. I'm, I'll go ahead and put it out there, especially because I'm not a huge Aaron Taylor Johnson fan. No. And and when the movie, the real bait and switch of that movie wasn't that there wasn't enough Godzilla. It was that it didn't star Brian Cranston. No. And I think people were angry about it. But really, uh, whatever his name is, I can't. Aaron Taylor Johnson. Aaron it, Taylor it's Johnson. It's going to fall out of your head yeah. just like the, the image in your head of him. It always does. It just completely just, nope, I have no idea. Here's a hand. Just imagine that Hollywood forgot for a couple of minutes that they already had an Elijah Wood. <laughs> so Aaron Taylor Johnson is pretty much the role of kid in short pants in this movie mm -hmm. so uh yeah i'm fine with it well, yeah it's it's okay it's all right so then this movie comes out obviously an answer to the american godzilla yeah and even called you know shin godzilla real godzilla actually made by toho you can trust us yeah and you're, everyone's like oh yeah they're finally gonna stick it to america and it no not really so i guess now after 20 minutes into this we can actually talk about the godzilla movie Probably that we that we watched. Uh, so here's let's let's just take it play by play, shall we? Yeah. The so the whole thing has uh you know starts out with some disaster in Japan. It starts with some guys finding a boat. Well, yeah, but that doesn't really matter. They get rocked because there's a spout of water and there's steam and shenanigans going on. Uh, it ruins one of the uh, underwater tunnels. Yeah, but no one gets killed or anything. Basically, yeah, there's, there's like a I helicopter. Ten people die from it. Yeah, the helicopter finds a boat. On the boat is a pair of shoes and a note, and the note says, "Do what you want." Yeah. Uh, and then all of a sudden, there's a big old rocking and shaking. Uh, there's some bridge damage. When in a really cool shot, they show a POV shot of someone driving through an underwater bridge in the Tokyo Bay, and then the 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 ceiling caves in briefly, and blood starts pouring out of the ceiling. Yeah, that was neat. And a, a huge torrent of blood. And, and at first you're like, wait a minute, is that just mud? And you're like, nope, nope, that is not. That is definitely blood. And then a car drives right into this giant downpour of blood, and that's it's just a cool-looking shot. Yeah, it's a neat shot. And then they, they start showing the, the thing that this movie does really well, which is shots of Tokyo with a digital disaster inserted that looks really cool. So they did a great job in this shot of like giant water spouts and steam clouds and red ooze coming out in the middle of the, the harbor. For a long time, like for hours, this is happening. Yeah. And so, you know, you, of course, you have a committee who's like, all right, let's find out what happened here. We got to shut down, like, all of these different railways. Do we need to get people out of this area? How and, do we reroute traffic? Yeah. And, and it's you get to meet the prime minister uh, and then the, the two main guys that you're going to be seeing a lot of in the movie, which are uh, Yaguchi and Akasaka. Yeah. And uh, everyone's giving all of these theories about, like, Oh, well, I think it's a underwater volcano. Well, I think it's just some uh, weird vent from the, like, ocean. And Yeah, the people who are pointing out, like, one guy goes, it's an underwater volcano. And the guy goes, no, it can't be because it's right over an underwater bridge. Yeah. And, and the bridge is fine. Like, the underwater, the tunnel is fine. So, unless it was full of lava, then we'd, th then we'd probably know, yeah, there's a volcano right there. But it's not. It's fine. There's people getting out of it right now. So it's definitely not a volcano. The next guy says, well, it's an undersea vent. Yeah, it's and, just venting steam. And everyone's just Steam's looking at him. Up. Everyone's looking at him like an idiot because that's the exact same thing. 
It's like, well, yeah, but you would still have to go through that tunnel. And the, uh, you know, finally, Yaguchi's like, hey, so, you know, I've gotten some reports. I think it might be a giant animal. In fact, there's there. already footage of it being a giant animal, and, you know, the, the Prime Minister immediately shuts him down. And they're like, no, shut up. No, it's not. It's definitely not that. That's dumb. No, there's... What, what would it be a huge whale? No, nah, whale wouldn't do this. Yeah, so this is too shallow. Another thing we get during this sequence is every time any character in this committee, and there's like fifty characters, and there's one woman who appears to be the liaison to the Japanese military, the the SDF. Yeah, and then there, everyone else in the room is a Japanese dude in an identical charcoal business suit. Yeah, just a ton of dudes in the same outfit. Yeah, so uh, it's it's kind of neat because every time any one of them talks. The, the screen immediately displays who they are, what their title is, sometimes how long they've been in office. Yeah. It's just uh, this guy. This guy's the minister to agriculture or something like that. Anytime anyone talks. And this is going to continue throughout the course of the movie. Yeah, forever. Everyone gets an introductory like screen text. Yeah, you don't just get someone to walk on screen and be like, well, I think this, and he's just a background character. Nope. Everyone is a minister of something. Yes. So that's one of the, the couple running th- themes throughout this or gags throughout this is everyone gets their title uh, and some people's titles routinely change throughout the course of the film. The other thing is that immediately on, on establishing, oh, wait, people, there is definitely footage that it is an animal. Oh, shoot, then we need to change what kind of meeting this is. Everyone, let's stand up in unison and go to a different looking meeting room and all sit back down again. Yeah. Oh, well, now that it's no longer a meeting about like natural disaster and it's instead of meeting about wildlife, I've got to go meet with three biologists, and we need to go and change what this uh, entire meeting's minutes are about. Right, so they, there's all these shots of them having the same meeting in three different rooms. They keep all getting up at once and walking through hallways, and, and people are pushing people out of the way so that the Prime Minister is, has an unimpeded walkway, and he just walks into a different room that is also one of his offices and just sits down again. Yeah. And I loved that. That was hilarious. They, kept, they just kept switching rooms <laughs> to have this conversation. The... Uh... And, of course, at that point, they're like, well, uh, there's there's no real cause for concern. And they bring in an outside specialist that Yaguchi knows, who is uh, a, like, not someone in government, but just she's someone a, who's a specialist. She's a low-ranking biologist, they introduce her as. Uh, after talking to three high-ranking biologists who were ref- like, oh, they don't know anything. They all refuse to give an answer because it would hurt their professional reputation. Yeah, they're like, if I'm wrong, then it'll screw me over professionally, so I'm not going to tell you anything. Yeah, So all th- and just one after the other, they just go, well, if I were to tell you that I thought that monster was a whale of some kind, which I'm not, and it turned out it was not a whale of some kind, then, of course, that would damage my professional reputation, so I will... Oh, yeah, and all of them were like, oh, I, ne- I would need samples, of course, and then to... Uh, study the specimen I'd before I could need, make any sort of uh, recommendation on what it is. I'd need at least five grad students applied to my team pers- permanently, that sort of thing. And then finally they bring in some some girl in, uh, who I swear I've seen in other stuff. <laughs> I couldn't I couldn't place it entirely, uh, but, but she just sits down at a computer and immediately starts talking about what it is. Yeah, she's like, oh, well, this is uh, crazy huge, and it's kind of serpentine, but it definitely has legs like a lungfish and... Just like here you go. This is this is what it is. And then uh, one of the uh, one of the people in the room is like, "Well, sir, it, we could probably let it swim around in the harbor. We might need to chase it out of the harbor, but it's way too big to support its own weight." And the girl on the, uh, the computer immediately goes, "It is already supporting its own weight." Yeah. And and, and uh, the guy looks at her for a second, and then just turns around and goes, "Anyway, so it definitely cannot support its own weight. It probably won't come up onto land." Yeah. The <laughs> the whole thing is just dismissing the information that they are getting. And then, of course, there are three options they have, which is we can either let it be 
or try to capture it or exterminate it. Right. And so, of course, at this point, everyone's debating the pros and cons of doing any of these. And then they have a uh, press conference, which they're just like, okay, everyone, chill out. There's no way that this thing can get on land. And uh, you just need to stay calm. And well, it's, then- it's it's especially amusing because the prime minister is the one giving the press conference, and right before the press conference, you're like, "Dude, it is unlikely to get on land, but it can." Only it- give information we are 100 percent certain yeah. about. It can get on land. We know we know it can support its own weight. Don't say it can't get on land. And he gets up. He's like, "It definitely can't get on land." It's and like it's and immediately in- interrupted by a guy who walks up to him. And he's like. Uh, hey, it's uh, it's on land. It's already on land, sir. It's already it's already doing the thing. You're just saying just now saying it can't do. And he's like, oh, damn it! And then he walks off and starts looking for someone to blame. It's like you made me look like a liar out there. <laughs> they were like, well, you're the one who said it can get on land. We told you not to. He's like, well, I had to reassure people. Yeah, it was it was very well delivered. It's it's good. Like John kept saying throughout the thing, it no, was like Aaron is, Sorkin movie. Yeah, this is definitely the West Wing fights Godzilla. Yeah. I didn't see that so much because there's some things about this that are very different from the Aaron Sorkin style of governmental sto- show. The the most notable of which, uh, as long as we're just talking about the movie as a gestalt for a second here, is that there's no bad guy in this movie. That is true. Uh, and there's no point at which the main character has to like openly rebel to get things done his way. There's no point where he's like, he's like damn the government sanctions. I'm going to kill Godzilla my way. I mean, the idea is that he does figure out his own way to get, get rid of Godzilla, but he still goes through the proper channels to get it done. This is a movie about the government working. Uh, I mean, somewhat. Because he doesn't trust... Well, mostly he just doesn't trust America, which is fine. No one trusts America, which is fine, and it's, it definitely comes up a lot throughout the course of the film, is them taking little... They're not making fun of the U.S. at any point. They're never like, oh, stupid Americans. It's always, oh, oppressive Americans, or oh, Americans always having to get their way. It's never lighthearted it's always like ah oh, those fucking idiots no it, there's there's never a point where they're like oh americans they're so dumb or oh let's make fun of americans it's like man when americans get their mind set on doing something they are going to bully the world into it right and you're like yeah yeah fair enough there's a great shot where the second prime minister has to have a conversation with with the president and when he gets off the phone he's like they give us the weirdest demands <laughs> nothing ruins my day like talking to america <laughs> But anyway, um, so <laughs> going back to it, the monster is now on land, and this is our first time getting to see Godzilla in this movie. Oh my god! But you don't know that yet because oh, <laughs> holy oh, shit, the thing that comes out of the water! My god, it looks like someone just straight up ruined a Snuffleupagus puppet. <laughs> like it is weird as fuck looking. It looks like a hairless, no front legs, wet dog pushing itself through the canals of. Tokyo. It looks like a giant spiny mole. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. Ugh. And I and when it first goes up, it's kind of like crawling on all fours and well, sort of. Around. It doesn't have fronts. Yeah, it has two little stubs instead of instead of arms. Yeah, so it's kind of like it's just snaking and walking. It's just face shoving its way across. T- it looks like little brother. <laughs> what am I doing with my life? <laughs> I can make it on my own. Uh, it's just ridiculous. And you see that, and you're like, man, this is weird. I can't wait until Godzilla fights this thing. Well, yeah, because it's all bug-eyed. Yeah, it's super bug-eyed. It's got a weird snout. And it's, it's pale. Yeah. Uh, it's it kind of looks furry. It, yeah, it kind of does. At one point, it opens its giant gross lungs up and dumps blood all over the street. Yeah, and I was like, oh, cool. So it's going to have some weird, like, 
fire blood attack. Okay, cool. Yeah, that's, that's a thing to fight Godzilla with. It'll have like acid blood or something. And then it's just flopping its way across town and falling down and, and slapping into buildings and just generally making a nuisance of itself. Yeah, and I was like, oh, this makes for a good like early fight for Godzilla. Yeah. This is like... Spider-Man fighting the Shocker. The other thing is it's only maybe like five stories tall when it finally does stand up. Yeah. It's not that big. So it's, I mean, it's big. It's it's big enough to shove whole canals full of boats and cars around. Oh, no, it's it's, it's a very large creature, but it's, it's not monster. like Godzilla big yeah. at this point. The other thing about the Godzilla in this movie is it has a longer tail, I think, than I've ever seen on a Godzilla oh, yeah. before. And uses it for stuff. Like, normally, maybe Godzilla will, like, whack a monster with its tail, but it's generally a standard tail. This one is like... As long as it is tall mm -hmm. and has like kind of a knobby bit at the end, and it's it's just weird. Yeah, it's like a wizard staff. Yeah, it's got a knob on the end. Yeah. So this this pathetic floppy nothing just sort of bulldozes its way around town for a while 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 they have a few more meetings about it. Yeah, they're like, okay, but but what are we gonna do? And they're like, well, we can't just open fire on it. There are people there, and they're like, yeah, but it's fucking killing those people. And so, but accidentally, mind you, it's, no, it's oh, not. Oh no! Like, it's not like going after people. It's just sort of meandering through town. Yeah, it's just sort of flapping its way around. It, it just looks stupid. It reminded me of how Clover, the Cloverfield monster, interacted with New York in Cloverfield. Which is to say, it did not. It just sort of flumped around for a while and then and then fucked off. Yeah. And and uh, it, you didn't learn anything interesting about why it was there or what it was or anything. Nope. And that movie was disappointing, except for the part where the water fleas attack. <laughs> Oh, and the, you know what? I'll give it this to Cloverfield, too. The, the sequence where they go into the, the building that's leaning against the other building, yeah, that was legitimately scary looking. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. yeah I, didn't, I didn't dislike Cloverfield, but... It's know. all right. I, I, I wish they hadn't made a fake sequel to it. Yeah. That was... Why? Why would you do that? Man, I watched that, and uh, it wasn't bad. It's not bad, but why is it called Cloverfield or 10 Cloverfield Lane? Uh, because it probably has to tie into the giant Cloverfield extended universe i can't wait until they have the cloverfield cinematic universe i know they come together and you have to deal with the weird aliens from the end of cloverfield lane and the monster from cloverfield yeah they, which don't appear to be connected in any way nope anyway moving back to it they eventually decide that they have to evacuate the city and they do and blah 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 and then they summon in some helicopters yeah and they're like okay uh sir do we have the permission to open fire on this guy and then he stands up does godzilla and he's like Hey, look at me. I almost look kind of like Godzilla now. Oh, yeah. That was the first point. We were like, wait a minute. Is that Godzilla and not just some sort of fish frog? Yeah. As soon as it stands up, they're like, oh, it's kind of mutating and standing up and doing weird stuff. And you're like, oh, damn it. It's figured out how to stand up on its own and it's it's starting to grow arms. Yeah. Weird. It's just flapping around. You're like, And as the audience, you're like, oh, God, really? That tadpole monster is Godzilla? What What is happening? And... Of course, they're supposed to open fire, but there are people around, so the Prime Minister is like, uh, no, if anyone is around, we can't open fire. Right, and so the helicopters hold their fire while a person piggybacks another person out of the scene. Which, you know what? That was cool. That was a neat shot for the Prime Minister to be like, no, I refuse you. Do, do not shoot while there's citizens nearby. And I was like, really? All right, but really? Like, yeah, because that guy probably, at that point, was still worried about his potential re-election. Which, to me, I'm like... Man, I would uh, I would be more worried that I would be known as the prime minister that just didn't give a fuck that a giant monster was hanging out. <laughs> well, it's for the for, I mean, during that shot, it is just hanging out. It is, it's and just, man, that is a thing that it will do. It just flops away. It just flops there, standing at them. 
or staring at them, and then eventually it just sort of lumbers back into the ocean and swims away. Yeah, it's like, well, I'm gone. Well, that's enough of me for this week. See you folks later. Bye. Lovely visiting. <laughs> it was good to see you. We hope to hold have you soon for tea. <laughs> and at this point, they they look at what's going on, and they assemble a crack team of... Misfits and ne'er-do-wells. Weird nerds. Yeah. It's not like it's the bad boys of, of the government. It's just the nerds. Yeah, it's just, hey, hey, everyone, you're a bunch of weird, like, specialists in your field. No one is actually part of any specific government agency. No one gives a fuck. But you're all nerds and experts. So we got that biologist girl from earlier in the film. We get an old man who wears a towel around his neck. Yeah. Uh, we get a angry, skinny nerd guy with glasses. Yeah, we get and, uh, and then a bunch a of other room nerds. full of nerds. And then a bunch of those are the ones who get lines. Yeah. And then you get a bunch of other nerds. And the main character of the the film, Yaguchi. Yeah. And so they're supposed to figure out what's going on and they realize that the path that this uh Godzilla has been taking is now slightly irradiated depending on where it was. Yes. And eventually they figure out that Godzilla is a nuclear fission engine. And the reason he's coming up onto land is to cool off, which I, I'm, I'm I don't I don't know, man. That it, entire bit where they were talking about like, oh, and he's a fission engine, and they're like, okay, well, what is he doing? I don't know. Well, he's got to come up to land so we can radiate he- heat or do something, bl- cool his blood or so- some something. He has to something 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 something. I don't know. He needs a reason for what he he's a thing. And, of course, I love that they also have the the guy with the, like, towel around his neck is the behavioral biologist. He's like, I've determined that he basically just walks around. Yeah, twice throughout the movie. They're like, what is his behavior? Uh, Sir, he just kind of walks around. And, and of course, around this, when they're saying that, all of these other people are like, he's so evolved. He is greater than man, more intelligent. How can we stand against him? And it's like, but what is he doing? He's just moseying. He's just having a good saunter. He's just sort of flopping happily about. And you know, I don't. I think if Tokyo wasn't here, he'd still be doing this. Yeah, I'm pretty sure if no one was on this island, he would just be walking around, being being a Godzilla. But they immediately decide that he's the ultimate evolutionary creature. That he's the only thing in the universe that can mutate without having to reproduce. Yeah. That that uh, he stood up from his tadpole form and grew some grew some uh, muscly arms up there and some consummate V's. Because uh, because he's mutating as fast as he wants to. Yeah. And so they immediately establish a timetable of speed by wh- how quickly he will learn to mutate wings and fly to New York. <laughs> Which was the weird, because some Americans get involved. Yeah. And Oh, by the way, at this point, we when Godzilla's gone and the threat is mostly gone, we get introduced to the main female character in the movie. Who is the... Uh, <laughs> She's my favorite character. She's, ambassador from America yeah. in Japan. She's first generation Japanese American. So her, her grandmother was Japanese, and I think her parents moved over from, or her mom is Japanese. Yeah. Her dad is a senator, and her name is Kayoko Ann Patterson. Yep. Um, so what she's supposed to be is an American in the movie who's sent over but has some Japanese interest and understands the Japanese. Uh, what she comes off as is a Japanese person who is forced to speak English that she does not know how to do. Yes. Man, it is. <laughs> it's just sort of embarrassing. I'm like, man, you you do not sound comfortable speaking English at all. No. Like, I, I, I was looking at it going like, okay, you're, you're very pretty, and part of me assumes that you're just a famous 
actress that oh, they had to put in here. She's yeah, she's she's the star of the uh, live action Titan AE. Yeah, or not Titan AE. What the fuck am I yeah, saying? Titan AE. She's, li- she's the she's Drew Barrymore, yes. the star of Titan AE. <laughs> and man, Drew Barrymore, terrible at English, <laughs> just the worst. And I the or the other female character from Titan AE, Janine Garofalo, I want to say, playing the evil, the mean kangaroo. Man, it is so hard for me to remember Janine Garofalo. It's like Andrew Taylor Johnson? Andrew, yeah, Andrew, yes, I think. Andrew, Andrew Jackson? Andrew Dice Clay. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, it's Andrew Yeah, that's Dice. who played Jackass. <laughs> Kickass. Yes, Jackass. And The Flash. <laughs> no, The Flash. Uh, Quicksilver. Yeah, Quicksilver and The Flush. Quicksilver and The, the Incredible Bulk. <laughs> no, Aaron, Aaron Taylor Johnson. There you go. Aaron, right. And Janine Garofalo is the... Kangaroo lady from Titan A.E. Why are we still talking about this? I don't even know. The, the, uh, what's her name? Her real name is Satomi Ishihara, and she played the lead character in the live-action Attack on Titan. Ah, okay. There you go. Yes. Uh, maybe the lead female character, in, in, in the lead female role in that movie uh, was her. Uh, yeah, she played the main Titan. <laughs> she played that big, gross, skinless Titan. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so she's in this movie, and yeah, she is very, very striking. She's very pretty. Uh, but every time th- they have her do this thing where she's like, I represent the American interest, she'll say in Japan, in Japanese. And then she'll say something in English to sort of underscore that point. But instead, it takes you out of the movie immediately. Yeah, because she'll just deliver all of these lines in Japanese. It's like, look, this is what we need to do. This is how we're going to uh, play this out. We both have interests here. We need this to be a win-win situation. And then she's like, okay, yeah, sure. Okie dokie. And you're like, oh, God. No, uh, I don't even want to do any of her English lines because they're uh, there's no way I could do them without sounding like a huge racist. <laughs> she, she's just like and she says the simplest stuff like and America is on your side, but it comes off as like stilted and takes too long. Yeah. And she's just like, like, I'm from America and America is on your side. <laughs> what the fu- what? What? <laughs> Did you learn to speak English phonetically? <laughs> Did you just learn English like five minutes before coming on to this film? It's, oh, I felt so bad for her because if, if they hadn't bothered with that. Oh, no, she was fine every time she wasn't speaking English. I was like, oh, you're a good actress, except when they force you to speak a language you obviously aren't comfortable with. Yeah, so, and there's even, this is my favorite thing about her entirely. There's a point where she has to sit down and talk to some, like, other American, and you, the Americans in this movie are viewed, oh, you, one of them gets one line from the face. There's a scientist at one point who says something like, so he's nuclear-powered? And then every single other time you see an American talk, they're either off-screen or shaded, or you just see their like hand. Like, from behind. Yeah. So there's a point where she's talking to what I, who I assume has to be Dr. Claw from Inspector Gadget, because <laughs> all you see is his hand playing with a drink. And he's like, look, lady, uh, or look, K- uh, Katoko and Patterson, you'll, you'll lose your fastidious career if you continue this non-American path. Uh, what you will lose in particular is the fact that you will not be able to be president by the time you are 40. Yeah, that's what was going to do it. <laughs> that was it. Yeah. It wasn't that she doesn't speak English. That wasn't it. No, that wasn't going to stop you from being president. I mean, I'm all for so if born in this country, sure, they can be president. That's fine. But there's no way. Yeah, right now, as we are recording this, Donald Trump is having a debate for being president and you know what? I don't see in the next, like, 12, 15 years this getting that much better. I feel like a lot of the people who are voting for Donald Trump, and I'm, I'm probably specifically the alt-right type idiots, the young ones that he's got, the nine gags and so on, would vote for, for this woman because she is a hot Asian. 
I feel like every alt-right idiot who's drawing Pepe the Frog all over pictures of Hillary Clinton right now would immediately switch into making body pillows of her and would definitely vote for her. (laughs) Man, that is real sad that you are probably right on that one. (laughs) It's a... I just... uh. But anyway, it's just amusing to me because she's like, I have the plan to be the president of the United States. The whole movie, you're like, really? Are you? Are you sure? I mean, I mean, getting to senator would be super impressive. <laughs> and I'm not saying that I'm 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 indicting us right now. Yes, is this is this is me going. It's not like oh, you wouldn't be fit for it. It's man, Americans, Americans, man. They, they won't do that. That's not a thing they'll vote for. Nope. Uh Anyway, oh, yeah, I'd so, love to know what state it is she's supposed to represent specifically. <laughs> oh, she's just an ambassador. She's an ambassador. Where's she from? What state do you think she's from? Uh, Arkansas. <laughs> That's it. That's it. That's why her accent's so hard to understand. Exactly. That's, she's from the Appalachians. That's, yeah, uh, she doesn't have a terrible Japanese accent in, or American accent. Instead, she's just from a terrible part of America. Yeah, no, she's just Louisiana. <laughs> Every time you're like, man, you can't speak English, you're like, oh, no, that's just some Bayou speak. <laughs> that's just my patois. <laughs> just talking like that guy in the water boy. Every time she- <laughs> Look, America has your best interest at heart, she says in Japanese. Boy, I'm going to tell you what. <laughs> oh, my God. If that's what happened, I would love this movie. <laughs> Uh, Instead, what happens is Godzilla stomps back up onto land. And now he's twice as big and three times as erect. And he, <laughs> and he has the stamina to go all night long. Actually, he doesn't. But we'll get to that. So, yeah, but he looks like Godzilla now. Yeah, he's, he's up. He looks mostly like Godzilla. He's got weird, like, cracks in him that, like, glow red. Well, it's to show how nuclear he is. Yeah, so they're like, oh, look, he's got all this nuclear power in him, and uh, he's all snaggly-toothed, and look at him go. That's one of my favorite things, is they point out that his mouth is useless. Yeah, they're like, look at that. You can't do anything with that. Yeah, there's a biologist in the movie who pulls up a picture of his face, and is like, these giant, jagged, weird teeth are practically just for show. He can't chew things with these. Yeah, this is nothing. Why would he even have this? How does he... How does he live? And they're like, oh, he just, like, turns anything around him that he can breathe into, like, using nuclear fission into energy. So he's basically just uh, an endless series of nuclear bombs going off inside him. Yeah. Because he's splitting atoms as he breathes them in. That's sort of what he is. And they never discuss, like, that he excretes anything. Uh, Although a a wet clump does fall off him at one point and land near a scientist. Just sort of a wet lump of loogie of Godzilla flops off him and lands near a scientist. It's just like a big giant blood booger. Man, that happens with me every time I'm near scientists. <laughs> just a big wet clump drops. <laughs> oh, sorry about that. Oh, hang on. Ooh, there. I do not wish to be studied by you. <laughs> you get away from me with that plop. <laughs> All right, so he stomps back up on land. And wouldn't you know it, now he's way more bulletproof and they've sort of missed their window to get him. Yeah, because they... They finally go, okay, you know what? Fuck it. We've had like a week to prepare or whatever. Mm-hmm. And now we've got all these tanks. We've got artillery. We've got missiles on helicopters. And they finally do the thing that you always see in a Godzilla movie. A bunch of toy tanks and helicopters shoot a bunch of toy rockets at a, at a man in a rubber suit. And it does dick. Yeah. The one thing that's cool about this sequence, because it's just the standard thing where Godzilla just sort of flumps gener- uh, genially forward, you know, he's just sort of yeah godzilla the living kaiju tuba yeah just sort of walking through town well well stuff just pings off him and and i i always hate this about japanese uh 
uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Exploitation style cinema is that they seem to have a real thing for bulletproof people displaying their bulletproofiness. Just sort of look how many bullets can bounce off this guy. It's an amazing number of bullets. So many bullets. They even have a reference in this movie to the number. They're like 16,000 machine gun rounds and they all did nothing. Let's switch to a different type of gun. (laughs) But anyway, um, what was I going to say? I forget it. I I had something I was going to say earlier about how this was a pointless scene. But anyway, moving on. Yeah, and the thing is, Godzilla himself is, they're trying to stop him from getting to Tokyo, because he's meandering that way. Yes, yeah, he's, he's going so like, like, through, like, Narita and so yeah, they're on. they're like, even if we can't kill him, as long as we can deter him, like, just shoot him enough that he says, this isn't worth it, and changes his path, yeah. that'll be fine. The weird thing is, he ends up just sort of stopping, looking at them, as they shoot the shit out of him, and he's like, great, thank you, are you done now? And then just keeps going. Right. I just remember the thing I wanted to talk about, which is that this scene, while it's mostly just toy tanks doing cool-looking shooting at a, at a giant Godzilla, there's one shot in this sequence that is probably my favorite shot in the whole movie, which is they show a vehicle driving alongside Godzilla as he's walking, and someone from inside it filming Godzilla, like, pointing their camera up, uh, up his torso as it disappears into the clouds. And it's done for, it's a long, well-held sort of shot. It's it looks found footagey, but it's very on point. The cameraman seems to be trying really hard. And it, for the first time in a long time in a Godzilla movie, it does an amazing job of capturing scale. Yeah, and I mean, the American, the new Godzilla for the American Godzilla, that was one of the big things that they did with Godzilla was really try to establish just how big this guy is. Yes, and this this one shot in this movie does an amazing job. For the most part, though, Godzilla, in this movie, they set up his size by showing him in the distance. There's a lot of sequences in this movie of people meeting or having conversations and so on, while Godzilla is just sort of amiably raging around behind them. Yeah, they're like, oh, look, he's in that city. Anyway, Let him go. Let's have a talk about uh, what Jap- how Japanese interests have mo- morphed over the past 30 years. How and- will Godzilla affect the yen? Yeah, and then in the background, there's Godzilla just sort of slowly stomping through another part of town. Yeah, and so at this point... Uh, the Americans get involved, and their bombs actually do hurt him. Right, because they've got some big-ass bunker busters on their B-2s that they fly in. Yeah, and they're like, here you go, you can suck on that for a while. And he's like, ow, you actually hurt me. Yeah, so this big, it's a cool shot. There's a there's a shot of a bomb falling on Godzilla, and it sinks into his meat, and, and a bunch of like blood and meat goes spraying way up, and you're like, whoa, cool, gore. Yeah, you're like, oh man, you never see this in Godzilla where something actually can hurt him. Yeah. And he responds by opening his mouth and then opening his mouth some more because apparently the lower half of his mouth, his jaw can split open to give him an even opener mouth. Yeah, they they give him almost that predator mouth where you're like, yep, you can just keep going with that. Yeah, just keep flailing it open like the vampires in Blade 2. Yeah. And then he starts doing his iconic super breath. And then he does like shoot a fucking Pink Floyd show out of his back. Which is a standard Godzilla power. Yeah, he gets his laser light show out of his spines that just blasts any incoming bombs and jets and their tanks. And their guns. And, and their, their guns. guns. <laughs> uh, sigh. They're still fighting. <laughs> uh, anyway, because he lasers up the city a whole bunch at this point, everyone gets real scared of him. Uh, but he... he burns himself out at this point like he just uses his laser breath and destroys the shit out of everything and shoots lasers all over the place from his back and then 
it kind of dies down till it's just fire breath. And, and there's then... a beautiful shot of him torching the city he's in. Oh, yeah. There's a shot of him from like, oh, it's a way back shot, and he's surrounded by buildings, and he just goes, and just shoots fire at the ground and just firebombs the entire city, and it's amazing looking. It's before he turns his breath into a laser, because he can do that. Yeah. But so, before, so he's just vomiting fire everywhere. It's the, it's the second best shot in the movie. And at that point, he kind of powers down. He just stops and becomes a statue of Godzilla in the middle of town. And, and boy, howdy, is that going to be that way until the end of the movie. That's right. He moves again once at the end and doesn't even do anything threatening. No. We're done. We're done with Godzilla now. Godzilla is now a non-factor in this movie. It is, instead of a race against time to stop Godzilla, it is now a race against time to stop the Americans. Yes, because the the well and the UN because the UN and America together have have agreed that they are going to nuke Godzilla to put a stop to him in case he grows wings and flies to New York. Well, it's basically just this is a threat that if we let get any more powerful could get crazy out of hand while we still have the option of destroying him and he's powered down uh, and he can't just laser light show a like jet from space. Right. Let, let's kill him off. So Yaguchi has an idea uh, through his, his team of ne'er-do-wells and, and uh, government bad boys. He has the idea of introducing a blood coagulant that'll freeze Godzilla. Yeah, that somehow the way that his physiology works is if you put in a blood coagulant, then he'll, his internal temperature will just plummet and freeze him. Yes, which, sure, it doesn't... Why not? If you're going to turn him into a nuclear bomb, then... Go ahead and introduce other things. The opposite of a nuclear bomb happening to him. Whatever. It's fine. Yeah, whatever. So they have a MacGuffin plan. If they have enough time, they can build their MacGuffin that'll stop Godzilla, but they don't have enough time, and then they do. <laughs> so the uh, when Godzilla does his laser light show, he also ends up killing the prime minister and most of the <laughs> other, like... Main the, the, ministers, the super high muckety mucks, uh, are all are all lasered out of the uh, the movie, and so they reduce or they replace that prime minister with the one prime or the one minister who was out of town, who was the minister of agriculture, and this is weird because they introduce him as like a sad kind of dumpy old man, well, a guy who you're like, man, you have no political acumen, like yeah, you clearly won this position through like just being old. Yeah, I mean maybe you're good at knowing about agriculture but you probably shouldn't be the prime minister and there's a shot of him being like well someone explain what godzilla is to me and they try for a while and then eventually he just complains that his soup has gotten cold and he's like oh my noodles are soggy and you're like oh this guy's gonna be that's that's the new impediment to this movie he's gonna be the problem but that's the one time he's a problem yeah for the rest of the movie he's like well i guess i better do my goddamn job as the prime minister and he does it and indeed he does. He's pivotal at the end because they need one extra day for Japanese, the power of Japanese industry to make enough blood coagulant. And, yeah, and he goes off and argues France into giving them an extra day. Yeah, the, the UN and the US are like, look, we're going to drop this bomb at this time. And they're like, we are making the coagulant. What we need is this, like, they find uh, a basically like a schematic to his weird biology oh yeah and it turns out that the secret to understand that was one of the worst parts of the film is yeah there's a giant weird looking map made out of interlocking circles and it turns out the secret to understanding this giant stupid map made of interlocking circles is origami is to make one of those little four square things and then move the points and then ask it a question and then flip up the side does jeremy like me uh 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 mm, oh blood coagulant <laughs> oh, 
Jeremy needs a blood coagulant. Yeah, does he, he have does. celiac disease? <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> See, that's the real problem in this movie. Is that all they really needed to do to stop Godzilla was get him some gluten. Yeah. Oh no, bread! No, I can't have gluten. No. <laughs> uh, so yeah, anyway. so the yeah they they decide. All right, we need to make this new uh, element so that when we put this coagulant into him, it'll actually take effect and not just like get turned into more fuel in his weird fission stomach. And then they do it. Someone talks Japan into giving them the time. Or sorry, talks France into giving Japan the time they need. Yeah, because the prime minister's like, look, I can he talks to France and France on behalf of Japan intercedes in the UN and is like, give him give him a day. Give him an extra day. And then they haul in a bunch of trucks loaded with blood coagulant. They go over to where Godzilla's just... Oh, this is kind of a neat sequence, because it's all, finally, the super plan of the government comes together. They send some bombs-filled trains at Godzilla, who's just standing there. Yeah, and that's mostly just to make him fall over. And he falls over, and then they hit a bunch of controlled demolitions in nearby buildings to knock him even more over. So that they can get, like, trucks with cranes that have hoses uh, connected to this coagulant. And they can just shove it into his mouth and start pumping it in there. So they start doing that. So like 30 trucks load up and start dumping goo into his mouth. Yeah, I mean, it's like my Saturday night. <laughs> and then he wakes up and he lasers all the trucks and falls asleep again. So they send in more trucks. Yep, and then more more train bombs and more tanks and guns. <laughs> they're bombs and they're bombs. <laughs> uh, and they shove all of the coagulant in him. And he kind of rises up and gets all angry for a second before he freezes. It, he, the plan worked. He cracks into a statue. And and uh, and then he's just the statue of Godzilla in the middle of Tokyo. Yep. And then the movie's basically winding down. Uh, Yaguchi has become the next prime minister. Uh, Yakoto and Patterson will become the president of the United States now. I mean, there's no, like, end of screen scrawl where it's, like, freeze frame and then 20 years later. Yeah, we don't get that. We, we don't get Jay Giles' band's freeze frame. We do not, unfortunately, get freeze frame from Jay Giles' band. How much would you have preferred that be the ending of this movie? So much. If every single one of the people they had named then just had like a freeze frame and a 20 years later, this guy decided he was going to open up a pizza place. <laughs> but then he died from being near Godzilla and he's all radiated. Irradiated. <laughs> Re-radiated. <laughs> Anyway, the the woman who sh shall someday be the president of the United States and the future prime minister of Japan have a conversation about how uh, the two of them should watch out for each other and how it's important to have. She makes some, or she basically says like, "It's good to have you in my pocket in Japan." And he's like, "Yeah, I know, because America always needs to have Japan in their pocket." Because at this point throughout the film, he's learned to distrust the U.S. There's a conversation he has with another bureaucrat guy. Where the other bureaucrats like, look, it's good for us to let them nuke Tokyo. We can rebuild. We can scrap and rebuild. It's what Japanese Japan is good at. We've done it before, it's, and we will do it now. And he's like, he's like, no, we can't always work like that. We can't just keep having Hiroshima's. And the other guy's like, look, this isn't Hiroshima. We, this is just something. That, I mean, this isn't the post-war anymore, but it sort of is in terms of how the United States works with us. And the, and the main character is like, the post-war will last forever. It will always be post-war. It is always post-war. It is it is impossible for us to live like this. Yeah. And that turns into kind of the message of the movie, which is neat. It was a neat message to see, and, and for him to kind of end the movie being like, yeah, you and me are friends, future president lady, but I still don't like you because you're America. Yeah. 
And and then we get the pan up Godzilla. <laughs> and man, just like him leaning against a rail and in the background is the Godzilla like frozen statue. I'm like, all Come right, on, dude. Sure. Come on, Godzilla. Come on, one more time. Come on, do something. Do it. Do something for me, buddy. Do, do something cool. Nope. But instead we pan up his tail and it turns out his tail is covered with tiny monsters frozen that were almost about to burst off him. He was just about to reproduce. Yeah. And the monsters look like half human, half Godzilla fish skeleton shark hybrids yeah so uh so the interesting thing that when we first had this conversation about what the original godzilla was representing is that this one more than like the threat of a nuclear bomb is uh we were talking about how it's much more like the reaction to nuclear meltdown well it's the the fukushima it's to fukushima that that uh, the Japanese response to Fukushima was was uh, unreasonably slow, and even though honestly a lot of great work was done in response to the Fukushima disaster, there there are a lot of people who could be blamed for it. That this movie basically plays off by saying, "Oh, inefficiencies in the government led to to uh, bad things happening. We didn't have the plan ready." Yeah, the fact that if anything happened, we had to have all of these meetings and subcommittees on what to do meant that action wasn't taken. People died. And, and not only that, but people died because people weren't ready for it in the first place. I mean, the, the Fukushima wouldn't have been as big of a deal. I mean, it's still a big deal, but it wouldn't have been as bad if they had been storing their backup generators up a hill outside of tsunami range like they were supposed to instead of where they were storing them, which was the basement of Fukushima. <laughs> so, I mean, ultimately, it's it's a, a reaction to, to improperly controlled nuclear policy. And Fukushima, just like every other nuclear plant you've ever heard of, because it blew up or melted down... It, it did that because it was an ancient fucking shitty nuclear reactor. Chernobyl was basically just a warehouse with a hole in the floor. <laughs> uh, modern nuclear pl- power plants aren't that dangerous, but Fukushima was an old piece of shit. Yeah. Uh, and so this movie is a lot about Fukushima and a lot about American intervention and kind of America treating Japan like babies for the past 60 years. Yeah. So more than like this fear of a nuclear bomb, mm-hmm. really... I feel like Godzilla, especially at the very end when it's it's not that they drove out Godzilla or that they destroyed him or did anything like that. It's that now he's sort of a permanent part of the landscape and it's this idea of having to live with what Godzilla represents, having to live with the, you know, the history of uh nuclear attacks and then the uh continued presence of America and that's sort of what Godzilla represents, and the fact that at the end of the movie, it's just, nope, we have to rebuild with him still there. Well, and notably, you can tell that he represents American presence in Japan because American names him in this movie. Yeah, it is. Uh, the boat at the very beginning belonged to the guy who sort of is the person who creates Godzilla because he hates nuclear waste because his wife died from radiation poisoning. And so he was trying to make something that would get rid of it. And instead, what it did was it caused some random lizard from the bottom of the ocean to evolve into a giant tadpole. And so that was sort of their code name of Godzilla from him. Yeah, they took the name Godzilla. Uh, Americans named Godzilla in this movie. He represents sort of an American kind of imposition upon Japan. And that's why I kept saying, no, it is not Shin Gojira. It is Shin Godzilla because it is the threat from America, and that's why it's Godzilla rather than Gojira. Yeah, but I feel like they downplay that message a bit by saying, his name is Shin Godzilla? Well, in Japanese, that would be Gojira. We'll call him that. Anyway. (laughs) It's just like immediate. 
Yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, it's interesting that he represents something entirely different than the original Godzilla's. And like I was saying earlier, probably the weirdest thing about this movie, no bad guy. No. Godzilla's not a bad guy. He's just a weird force of nature. And as is brought up several times, all he does is walk. He's not like... Oh, yeah, he's trying to get to some power plant to eat its nuclear waste, or he's not specifically trying to eat people or destroy something. Well, he's just walking. There happens to be a town there, though. Yeah, he's just sort of blunt, blindly lumbering towards whatever goal he has. It's Again, he represents America. Yeah, uh, <laughs> lumbering towards something. We're not really sure what or why. And but he's certainly not going to tell us. <laughs> he is definitely going to go and do that. Right. Uh, so, And then there's no bad guys in the government. At the worst, there are a few people who are sort of slow, but every single one of the people who's slow or doesn't want to do anything eventually turns around and does the right thing. And even then, they're mostly like, the reason I'm slow or don't want to do something is I have concerns that are legitimate. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Everyone in the government is a good guy. This movie is basically about how the government works. Like, for a minute, it's scared, and then it rises up and works. And then not just the government, but also the power of the Japanese biotech industry because they, they managed to wrangle every factory into making the blood coagulants all at the same time. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's weird that the movie really is just a, look, man, Japan can get its shit together and take care of problems if it needs to. Yep, that's sort of the message of the film. Yeah. Just sort of, uh, don't worry about it, Japan. If a giant monster attacks, some of you are going to die, but then we'll figure it out before America nukes us again. Yeah, it's, look, we don't need America. Japan can be fine by itself with our own ingenuity. Right. And you're like, good. Honestly, watching this really was, was interesting to me because I didn't really know that much about that aspect of Japanese culture now. Like, I know that America basically provides Japanese military now, that we basically have a bunch of bases there and we are their defense. Yeah, we have and, a defense pact. And I know that we have a lot of bases and people who are living there, uh, but I didn't know that it was viewed... This movie opened my eyes to the way it's viewed in Japan. It was It was an interesting thing to watch. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say it was an amazing Godzilla movie exactly, but it was a really good movie. Yeah, and that that was sort of my problem. Is I was like, man, I wanted a I wanted a Godzilla movie, and you basically just gave me a Japanese government movie. <laughs> it was interesting. So why don't we get to the favorites and least? Yep. Okay, Jeff. Favorite thing in the movie? Uh, I'm gonna say again that there were a few shots in this movie that did an amazing. And it's funny because I'm talking about how much I love the governmental aspects of this. But I'm still going to say my favorite thing in this movie are the shots that they do to to show the scale of Godzilla. Because they're still doing a man in a rubber suit. And yet they still, they're using camera trickery in such amazing ways to really send the scale of this thing into, into the stratosphere. To the point where you, there are shots of it and you can't see the top of it because either the camera won't go that angle or because there's clouds in the way. Yeah. It's, it's very cool. They did an amazing job with scale and special effects in this movie. All right. What would say? Would you say is your favorite thing? And you know, I'm going to do the same thing you did. Flip it around. As much as I've been bitching about the the government aspect and wishing there was more Godzilla, my favorite thing in this, and we talked about this, is Yaguchi's title throughout this. Oh movie. yeah, we we didn't. Yeah. Every time we had said, every time someone gets on screen, they have their full title, and every time Yaguchi gets a promotion, his title just gets longer and longer until it like the subtitle for it takes up like half the screen yeah because this title at one point is like prime minister in abstentia slash regional defender or defense cooperational uh, manager of of anti-wildlife defense force colossal unidentified uh creatures from the sea and you're like it just keeps going and yeah. going yeah 
Like, so there's someone out there whose job it is to keep writing his title down so that he knows what it is. Yeah, it's amazing. And there's no point in the movie where he gives a shit. No, he's never like, oh, finally, I got to whatever. It's just every time they show him, and it just gets longer and longer. I'm like, there, that's there, a great gag. There's even a sequence where there's like a, a smarmy other Japanese business guy who gets introduced to him and is like, hey, man, because all these prime ministers keep dying and because you're one of these government people who's getting shit done and is alive, you're a fast track to be the next prime minister. And Yaguchi's like, yeah, who gives a shit? Japan needs to survive the next 10 days. Yeah, he's like, I, I don't care at all. <laughs> yeah, just get out of my way so I can order scientists around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, that was that was fun to me. I enjoyed that. Yeah. So worst thing in the movie, low point for you? Uh, it's going to be uh, Ann Patterson's American accent. <laughs> <laughs> Everything else about the Americans in this movie thrilled me. There's shots. There's there's a sequence where like the nerd uh, team is introduced to a bunch of American scientists who are going to help them, and the American scientists come in and they're like, uh, "Oh, so you say he's nuclear powered?" And then they all just turn and walk out of the room again. Only our nuclear might could possibly stop him. Then that you hear them say as they close the door behind them, and then the next scene is America has just decided to nuke Japan. He's like, "Oh, <laughs> these scientists that showed up were amazingly assholes." Yeah, but uh, but. Anytime you see an American on screen, it's fantastic because it's it's making fun of them and it's kind of almost dehumanizing them because a lot of them are just voices. Yeah. Uh, but when 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 poor uh, Kakoto Ann Patterson or whatever her name is has to Kanoko, I, I don't know. Um, anytime she talks in English, it just sucks you right out of the movie. Yep. You're immediately like, oh, oh, hey, wait a minute, I'm watching an actress. Kayoko, Kayoko Ann Patterson. Yeah, that's her name. What do you know? I can remember the part of it that's in English names. <laughs> And yeah. isn't, I think I can only remember it because isn't Ann Patterson the woman who keeps writing those stupid detective novels with numbers in the title? I have no idea. I feel like that's the person writing all those like one for the money, 22 for the get ready. <laughs> and you just see them in the store. Or maybe your grandma has one on her toilet. Maybe. I don't know. Anyway, moving on. What was your least favorite part about this film? Oh, man. Is, I, it the, is it the giant fish frog? Yeah, I really want to go with that. I think I will. It's just that. The moment where this dumb, bug-eyed, stupid-looking, half-rodent, half-fish, floppity idiot monster stands up and you're like, oh, you're supposed to be Godzilla. I was so disheartened at that point. I was like, oh, fuck this movie. <laughs> fuck it in the ass. He looks like a boiled chihuahua. <laughs> like, this is just... Just the worst. And at that point... I mean, point, granted, it's because he's going to grow up into a real Godzilla. Yeah, but at that point, just for that moment when it stands up, I went, no, no, I think I'm done with this. I think I am done with this movie now. And, and so that was, that was the low point for me. I mean, it did at least come back from it, but oh, man... That that one instant. Well, if you think Ooh. about it, half this god the Godzilla that you get to see on screen in this movie is that. Yes, half most the, of the Godzilla <laughs> you see on this is stupid. <laughs> for for the first longest scene of Godzilla in this movie, he's a floppy, stupid looking, just, just half rooting through <laughs> the city, nosing his way around, gelatinous, beakless chicken, just sort of face shoving its way across the landscape. Oh my God! Looks like a. Like a weasel just lost its front paws and is just <laughs> slapping his face all over town. Ugh. It looks like it looks like if Ernest P. Worrell was Godzilla. <laughs> all bug-eyed and stupid. Just hey, Vern, watch me run into this building. <laughs> Ugh. 
So there you go. <laughs> that, that was my least favorite I thing. loved that stupid thing. I was laughing my ass off. I kept expecting <laughs> that what was, was going to happen was this stupid floppy idiot was going to come out of the water, and then all of a sudden, like just from off screen, Godzilla was just going to step on it, and you'd see Goose quarter out, out around the edges. Right? And then you'd get to see him fight something else. But no, <laughs> when it stands up, you're like, oh, no. Oh, It oh, is no. Godzilla. <laughs> Because when it's first moving in the water, you just see the back spines. You're like, oh, it's Godzilla. Yeah. And then this stupid rodent-looking thing comes out, and you're like, oh, it was just it was just to make you think it was Godzilla. Okay, I get it. And then, no, it, it is. And damn it. <laughs> yep. Uh, so let's, let's get our rating. We're going to do a 1 to 5 each. That will get us our rating out of 10. Jeff, give me a rating for Shin Godzilla. Three and a half. Three and a half. Three and a half. I thought this was not terrible at all. I was never bored, even though it was a movie where there are no bad guys and the government's just doing what it's supposed to. It was still an impressive view of the government. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I know I keep saying there's no bad guys, and the bad guy is actually sort of the U.S. Yeah. But even the U.S. helps in the end. Eh. Everyone helps. Everyone's on board. It's all Stop Godzilla. Yay. So, But still, I managed to be entertained all the way through this movie. So I'm going to say I'm going to give it a three and a half, and I would recommend that people go see this. I mean, or wait until it's on video. Yeah. Because it's real hard to go see, as we have learned. Yes. What about you? I'm going to give this a two and a half. Okay. Because it was it was okay. I mean, it, was, it wasn't great. I was mostly bored through a lot of it. Mostly just the, the endless meetings. I was like, okay, I get what you're going for here, but I, I kind of don't care. I'm the American in this. I, I'm the guy who's like, well, just fucking bomb it. Just blow it up already. Jesus, get your shit together. Get your head out of your ass and shoot that monster. <laughs> oh, but there are civilians. No, fuck that civilian. You shoot that monster. <laughs> so, so ugly American. I am the fat, ugly American. Why don't you just cram its mouth with Pocky till it dies, Japanese? <laughs> <laughs> uh, just give it a hot pocket. No one can digest that. oh no it's become a caliente pocket deep within its nuclear core oh now it has a hot pocky it (laughs) Uh, Uh, yep so there we go there is there is our review of shin godzilla a grand total of a six out of ten yep six out of ten so you know not bad a medium recommend yeah a recommend from Jeff and a, eh, sure, if you like Godzilla, you should probably see it. I think that might be the highest number we've given a film yet. No, nah. I'm sure we gave something more than that. I don't know. Some Someone who actually remembers things that we do in episodes before the episode we're currently recording will someone, tell us. Someone who gives a shit about what we record, <laughs> let us know. We're just, we're just the talent. We don't have a show book. I don't care about this. <laughs> I don't remember the things I used to do. <laughs> That's in the past. I only look forward. Always forward. <laughs> All right. Well, there you go. Yep. So thank you so much for listening. Uh, of course, I'm doing everyday horror movie reviews. Why? Because I'm insane. You know you don't have to, right? Like I, you, you could just stop. I could. And every time it gets to about halfway through the month of the Horrortoberfest, I'm like, I should just... I should just not do this anymore. And it's not like anyone cares. It's not like during the rest of the year people are like, you know what I miss is John's Horrortoberfest. <laughs> Honestly, I think everyone just thinks you suck. I'm, I'm pretty sure everyone's like, boy, that guy's a dumb idiot. And I, I wish he would quit doing things. I'm kidding. I love Horrortoberfest and I hope you do it forever. Uh, this year's been slightly better because I think 
more than half of them have been decent. Mm-hmm. Like, usually I'll do this, and it'll be like two weeks in a row where nothing gets higher than a two. Well, you keep shutting down my request for another Franken Queen movie. I will not watch another 1313 movie with you. That's not going to happen. Dude, come on. There's one where their faces turn into pictures of cats. I, I know. There's and one, that's hilarious. There's one where, 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 God, where Bigfoot has to fight the guy who uh, hijacked an airplane in the 70s. Yeah. D.B. Cooper. Yeah, there's that. Come yeah. on. There, but every one of them is just shirtless dudes at that one mansion. Yeah, it's always just shirtless dudes at a mansion. There, I don't know why he doesn't have 1313 shirtless dudes at a mansion. Well, he has at least 1313 shirtless dudes at that mansion. <laughs> yeah. Come on, watch another one with me. Or, or at this point, people are hearing this, and they're just going to flood your request with which one they want you to see. Folks, it's it's uh, it's the Cougar Cult. 1313 Cougar Cult. Make I, don't, it- I don't care what these people say. I don't care about our listeners. What, are you mad? Dude, I will replace the Fatal and Friends $500 level that no one wants <laughs> with John will watch 1313 Cougar Cult. If you want. How L- dare you? Listeners, let me know. How dare you? John will watch all the 1313 movies. <laughs> that is not true. Next year, it'll just be those <laughs> all the way through October. 1313 Fest. You get us to $1,000, I guarantee you that John will watch every single one of them. <laughs> you get me to $3,000 and I will sit there and hate watch 1313 while holding a micro pig. I'm going to hold the micro pig. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> you have to watch those movies. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, you can check out those written reviews on the website. You go to systemmasterypodcast.com and of course, check out the system mastery podcast, the afterthought, all of our RPG shenanigans. If you want to send us any sort of, uh, suggestions for movies, we're going to be watching normal ones after this, instead of just the horror ones, go ahead and send it to system mastery at Gmail. Or of course you can always get us on Twitter or Facebook system mastery on everything. We've yep. got a subreddit at r slash system mastery and that's a good uh, spot to get us because it's really well organized it's yeah, easy we've for got me to find movie things. list suggestions we've got yeah. afterthought questions anything you want yeah everything that's a good one to find us at i mean you have to go into reddit to get at us yeah so just, you got to wade through some uh some sludge to get just there. don't go to any other part of reddit i can't i in good conscience i, I can't recommend other parts of reddit <laughs> um yeah. yeah so uh there you go thank you so much for listening though we will be back in a couple weeks for another movie mastery but until that point you have a good day. Oh, oh, oh.